0: Welcome to Sex Spoken Here with me, Dr. Lori Beth Bisbee. I am a sex coach and relationship psychologist and created this show to help you solve any sexual problems, learn about all things sexy, sensual, and intimate, and create your ideal lasting relationship. In my virtual therapy room, I answer questions, interview experts, and provide tips that you can use straight away. Listen in weekly as I share key strategies to help you create a problem-free, exciting sex life. Make sure you join us to be up-to-date on all events and to easily access coaching at www.the-intimacy-coach.com. Welcome to my virtual therapy room. I'm Dr. Lori Beth Bisbee, and this is Sex Spoken Here. Remember that this podcast deals with adult themes, so if you don't have privacy, you might wish to put on your headphones. Today, I finished my series about the care and feeding of the penis. Joining me today is Dr. Pat Williams. Dr. Pat has been a psychologist and life coach for over three decades and focuses on people living on purpose, mentally, emotionally, physically, and spiritually. Welcome to the show.
1: Hey, thank you. Thank you. Good for you here, Lori.
0: So. We were talking about this briefly before we started, and you said that you think that this needs to be a Broadway show. Like we've got the vagina monologues, <laughs> so we really need the penis
1: monologues, and I think we do. Yeah, I, I'm I really, telling you, I'm gonna I'm gonna write that right down now, and trademark it, and call and call somebody because I'm a
0: <laughs> really. We need to have the penis monologue. Well, well, you know, I've noticed that yeah. women. Are beginning to talk more um, it's become um, acceptable to talk about menopause for example and the change yeah. that we go through in menopause and it's become really acceptable it's not just in self-help but um, podcasts and presentations all about looking at women's sexuality which I think is incredibly important I th- think we we avoided that for a long time but I also th- don't see the same thing happening in terms of men.
1: Bingo. Yes.
0: And for those people who are um, heterosexual, the women who are heterosexual need to know about men just as much as the men who are heterosexual need to know about women for gay couples. Same thing. You need to know about your own bits. So that's, one of my reasons for asking you here, I don't feel qualified to talk authoritatively about the penis.
1: <laughs> well, let's say I know a little bit more than you do. Yes, I would say true. so.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. So why do you think it's important for men to be talking about this now?
1: Well, so here's what I'm excited about being on your program. I mean, when I saw the title and I thought, Okay, here's an opportunity for me to be on a radio interview, and obviously, you know, I'm, I'm promoting what would be helpful for the listeners, and I've also written my new book, which you're you're going to mention. I'm going to mention, but my new book called Getting Naked is not about getting naked physically; it's about emotionally. Mm-hmm. And getting naked physically is important. I think we all need to get naked more, but I'm really talking about emotionally. So the penis and the vagina are the symbols for sexuality and the symbols for physical uh, expression and excitement and everything else that goes along with that. But if people don't know this, they should And underscore this. The sex that you have, the physical sex that you have is going to be more improved by the emotional nakedness that you have. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you want to have, you know, Tonight, sex, and tomorrow I won't remember who you are and all that. we've all done that in our younger years. Some of us do that in our older years, not me, not me, but <laughs> it, it, the, the, but sex is one thing making love as we call it, is another, and I call that what we don't really make love. We create love or we express love. And a lot of that has to come from our internal vulnerability. Willingness to be naked, willingness to see, feel, hear the other person naked. And so that's why I think this topic you're talking about is prudently important for men because men typically don't share their feelings, typically. Now, that's changing a little bit with the millennial generation. There seems to be a shift going on. Um, There's no more of this... um, don't cry you know, people don't cry at baseball or that old movie thing but it's more than that it's it's the ability to share your deepest truth in the moment or with somebody and and what my book is written about is you don't have to share with everybody with everybody in fact you shouldn't be naked with everybody emotionally any more than you should be naked physically with everybody you got to pick and choose your people your time your place And so I think it's important as we talk about this, you know, care and loving of the penis. um, That's a lot of what it's about because the penis is an organ and the brain and the heart and the spirit are an impactful part of that.
0: Okay. So, I mean, I think that there has been some change for millennials. Yeah. Um, But not as much as you might think. No. No. And I'm, I'm aware that women are still being raised. Girls are still being raised to think about the pleasure of their partner before their own and mm-hmm. think about their presentation rather than their substance first.
1: Right. I agree with that. And,
0: and, and boys are still being told not to wear their hearts on their sleeves you know, they're still being given conflicting messages about sex mm-hmm. um, and about how to view s- sexual activities. So there's there's like a whole bunch of casualness that goes on.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah.
0: Um, which is fine. I don't know. You know, I have nothing against casualness, but there's a whole bunch of casualness that goes on without the, the education to understand the emotions that might arise as a result of that.
1: Yeah, yeah, I agree. I mean, from what I know with a a millennial daughter and an older-than-millennial daughter and what I know about a little bit of that, and we could call it the the former president phenomenon. I won't mention any names, but uh, oral sex was not sex. It was just pleasuring. Mm -hmm. And and there's a lot of that related to the penis, as you talk, talk about today, that goes on among Younger people today, it's it's not sex; it's just pleasuring. Well, all right, it could be, and maybe that's okay. But that's not love. It's not honesty. It's not it's not emotional nakedness. It's servicing. It's it's uh, performing. Um, and I want people to get away from that. I, and I'd love for women, particularly, well, and men too, to to get a grip on the fact that. Your physical needs are not always paramount to feeling closer to somebody. And they sometimes can be a way of, uh, what's the word I would say? A, a way of, of, God, I keep thinking of this. I, I don't know what word it comes in, but controlling somebody. I mean, it's not always that way, but, uh, or misusing somebody.
0: Well, I mean, I think that goes on kind of both sides. Uh, um, Yeah, yeah. Which is that sex is often currency. And I, and I. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And one of the problems in terms of understanding one's own desire is the fact that we're raised to believe that sex is currency.
1: Yeah, yeah. Yeah.
0: So how? Well, have, that's
1: that's in all the TV shows and all the movies, or many, et cetera. So yeah.
0: And I think that goes back. I mean, I'm I'm older. I'm in my 50s, and and it was certainly currency when I was coming up as well. So I think that's right. just something that has not changed. It's become more public. It's become right. more obvious as all sorts of things have been sexualized. But it's still the same sort of message. This is one of the things that you have to trade. Which divorces right. it from the emotion, as you say. Right. And it also divorces it from the consequences.
1: Well said. Yeah, well said. So I'm a generation older than you. Mm-hmm. Um, and that doesn't mean that, uh, you know, physical sex might change. But the desire to be close and to feel wanted, to feel desired, to feel touching, to feel all that. So the care and feeding of the penis or the vagina, which are the organs associated with femininity and masculinity, has to do with with what I've written in my book with the ability to be more real than we've ever allowed ourselves to be. The risk of being real is that you won't be what's attractive to the other person. Mm -hmm. But if you're but if you're attractive by being not real. Then the person is not being attracted to the right you. <laughs> you know, o- Oscar Wilde said, "You might as well be yourself because everyone else is already taken."
0: It's my—that's my one of my favorite. Yeah, my I, I just love it. I, you know? I do
1: too. But I, the younger younger people spend a lifetime trying to figure out who that you is—that is you, that is them, that is they. Um, I actually like to
0: look at it as a lifelong pursuit to c- continue to define yourself, to continue to accept all levels of yourself and to be sharing right. the best version of yourself with the person or people that you love.
1: That, right. That, I agree.
0: That's what you want to be doing. But it's interesting to me because, you know, we we spend a lot of time talking about menopause. We don't talk mm-hmm. a lot about the changes that men go through as they get older.
1: Absolutely. Yeah.
0: What we do is hand out pills. We don't talk about it. We just hand out <laughs> pills. Right. You know. Right. As though, it, as though it means that you you actually don't go through changes. There, that is right. part of the message because it can be cured with a pill. And
1: mm-hmm.
0: I know that that's not true. And I know that I think it's very hard for men to talk about how things might change and what that means about who, who they, they are emotionally and how they share themselves with a partner who may have seen them as kind of solid, completely solid up until those changes
1: I agree and I uh, it's interesting because given your show you talked about it might be hard for men yeah. to talk about what made them yeah. solid yeah uh, we we can't we can't forget the metaphor of that because yeah. it's in everyday language it's in every day language yeah you know uh even people I play golf with you gotta you know well hit it, hit it hard or get it up or get what, it's just embedded in our vocabulary. And I think what's sad is in my experience, even as a male growing up who was more emotionally aware, I won't say sensitive, I wasn't a sensitive male, but I found women to be my best friends I could talk to. I found women who I could share my deepest stuff with and men, typically this is a generalization want to talk about um sex the stock market and sports <laughs> you know what i mean i mean it's just boring as hell to me that there can't be something more than that and and i think that's a breakthrough that's needed there are some there is some evidence that that's occurring that but it's minimal like you say not just millennials but everybody everybody needs to learn like with their loved ones, with their best friends. It's okay to be honest. It's okay to be talking about something that's, you know, instead of saying, how are you saying, well, well how the frick are you? You know, you had this, do. it's just like, that's not, that's so male <laughs> instead of so caring. It, and it, I, yeah.
0: I mean, I do, th- I think it's interesting because, you know, the, the myth is, is that women are all able to talk about all bits of this. Right. Like, um, and that, you know, the information's out there. And and I discovered when I started going through menopause that there were vast th- topics that nobody ever told me about. The doctors didn't tell me about. My friends didn't tell me about. My mom didn't tell me about until I said, what's this about? You know, and then I got, right. oh, oh, well, you know. Um, so some of the difficulties with sex and issues around libido was stuff that nobody was talking about. Right. Are right now and
1: even part or or, or or if they did it was psychological right yeah it's psychological.
0: that's yeah. right it's in your head and but in they're talking about it right now in more places and i think i'm kind of part of that wave where we're talking about it more, but we're still not talking about what happens for men and then right. what options men have we talk about you know well women can get hrt or there are dietary options that we have to deal with our hormonal changes and um, right. And there are all sorts of things. And I know that there are all sorts of things men have at their disposal that don't just include getting a prescription medication, which may or may not do what they want it to do.
1: Right. Yeah, it, it's interesting. I, so I wrote a forward to a book by uh, you may know her, Dr. Patty Britton, who wrote The yep. Art of Sex Coaching. Yep. And years ago, I mean, she took some of my training in my early coach training school and she asked me to write this forward. And I thought, sure, why not? And I I read the summary of her book and I know her personally. I've met her since in in Beverly Hills and other places. I thought, oh my God, this book even makes me blush. (laughs) But I wrote the forward to it because she takes a very ethical and human approach to sex coaching, to sex education, to awareness um, about the whole paradigm the whole the whole continuum of sexuality and sexual expression and i love patty for that it's it's a difficult conversation that doesn't happen in a lot of places which is what my book's about is where can you tell about your truth and not just sexually but any other emotional place and I think based on what you were just saying, the important thing is that men and women both, men probably more than women, need to find that there's a way to talk about these ages and stages of, whether you wanna talk about libido or, or uh, sexual expression or the feeling of love or trust or whatever it is that goes into creating a sense of belonging and connection. You need a place to talk about that because relationships are difficult. Mm-hmm. They're very difficult. And we, and yet we are relationship beings. We're not meant to be alone. So that's the paradox.
0: Yeah. And I mean, I, I mean, there's so much research that shows what happens when people are alone too much and right. go back to all the attachment research and, and really, you know, people not only aren't we meant to be alone, we're meant to have physical touch. The, yes. Now here we're talking about just physical content, not t- contact, not necessarily sexual contact. But when you think oh. about it, you know, people who are not are older and not in relationships, um, who's who don't have children, or if they do, their children are not around. Right. Um, who don't work in large collegial organizations may not get a hug for months on end they may not experience physical contact for months on end and there's all sorts of correlations with physical illness and depression and anxiety and i mean it's it's difficult it's hard and we don't have a place at this point we we don't even notice that let alone to talk about what happens when people don't have sexual relationships anymore or the relationships they want to have they can't have because their bodies aren't cooperating that actually physical touch is part of our emotional expression.
1: Uh, well, absolutely. I, I mean, I, and we, when, when you think of your headline on this, this topic, the and feeding of the penis or whatever you're calling this show, yeah. the, the metaphor is that that's the symbol for maleness, just like the mm-hmm. and feeding of the vagina is a symbol for female, femaleness. Mm-hmm. But given that we are, relationship beings whether we want to be or not i mean i used to say even the hermit needs a crowd to escape from (laughs) (laughs) so so there's still a relationship well so let's face it committed relationships are tough we often fall out of sync we're pulled in in different directions by our jobs, by our children by our health by our wealth um friends extended family but coupling up is what we humans do So if we're going to enjoy being together forever, we hope, which rarely happens, but at least in a long, committed time, and we could probably have more forevers than we think if people would hang in there and understand the ups and downs and the stages and ages that happen, we must learn how to be emotionally naked. So I wrote wrote an article for Your Tango, which is a relationship website that I know you know about, Mm -hmm. but six ways to improve your sex life without taking your clothes off. And that whole article was based on my book about, you know, sex is great and nakedness is great. But if you're not emotionally naked, if you can't be naked with your clothes on, you're not going to be very authentic. And authenticity is what's sexy.
0: It, exactly. And I mean, that's actually one of the things that is, is something I say very, regular, very regularly and on, and on my website is that that's, that's the thing. It's about being as authentic as you can across the board. Right. And the only way right. you can do that, you have to start by knowing you, but then you have to learn to share. And, and we also don't teach people that. How do you do this? No, we don't. We particularly don't teach men how to do that, how to, how to create don't. a safe space with another friend, for example, so that you can share something difficult. And it seems in my experience over the years that the men who learn how to do this either learn it because they go for coaching or for therapy, or some of them come through leadership training, which I always find interesting. Or, <laughs> right. You know, they so they've come from this, this completely a much more masculine direction. Right. And right. to learn to, to create the safe space in which they can share their emotions, or they learn it from parents who were particularly aware. Otherwise they don't really They don't learn it. There's no place that says, as a man, here's how you can become naked comfortably.
1: Right, right. Yeah, there's a lot of metaphors from the whole sexual act that can be expressed in what's needed to improve the emotional coupling aspect of that. I mean, if you talk about the care and feeding or the ins and outs, there's a metaphor, the ins and outs of the penis and the vagina. It's like- Okay, <laughs> that's kind of a picture of the physical act, but that only lasts a short while. You know, the physical act is better when people are connected emotionally before and after.
0: Now, there are people so who that's, argue that.
1: Well, I mean, like, so that's, a that's the difference between sex for the moment, sexual pleasuring, and feeling a connection that is there before and after.
0: So I, I always find this interesting because I, um, I spend a lot of my time amongst people with alternative relationships. I have one myself. My relationships right. tend to be long lasting. So uh-huh. um, I prefer long lasting relationships. So I don't do the one night stand thing. Um, I haven't for many years, not because I think there's anything wrong with it. It just doesn't give me what I need. I like uh-huh. to be deeply connected with somebody. So you, it's, you can't do that on a one-off in quite true, you know, you, you can connect in a different way, but it's right. not the kind of connection that you're talking about where you're, where you actually, you have that deep and lasting connection. So you're connected beforehand, you're connected during, and then you're connected afterwards.
1: Well, and I'm not even suggesting here, I don't care whether people want to be monogamous or, or alternative or whatever, but I am talking about being authentic. Yeah. So, you know, and that's the difference. And because a lot of what happens in the bedroom is nobody's business but the people in the bedroom. However, your heart and your soul are what you show in life or, or show up in in the rest of your life and it's not always about the sexual act it's really about the heart and soul the carrying and feeding of your vagina or penis or your your soul really the, the heart of who you are
0: but what i find interesting about that is that many people many people don't show up with that in life
1: at all no absolutely not and, nope. and
0: what you're saying I think is is incredibly important, which is that if you want your relationships to be deeper, to be more satisfying on a on an emotional level, on a physical level, for longevity, you've got to show up a hundred percent you.
1: In the right place at the right time with the right person. That's what I write my book about we do need to be cautious and controlling and protected because so many people can be vulnerable with the wrong people they can be trusting of the wrong people stranger on a train syndrome or the or the one night stand i mean sexually physically emotionally so you've got to find a place and a time and a person to be naked with emotionally and maybe physically but not everybody no more than we would walk down the street naked we need to be cautious about when we're naked emotionally.
0: But, so I, I completely agree with that. But I think it's interesting because I think that actually it's kind of safer to be physically naked with somebody than it is to be emotionally naked. With oh,
1: I agree with that. No, I don't disagree with that at all. One of the premises of my book is you know, people, can, people can go to a, a, a nudist beach where they can be naked with somebody or they can find the right person. But, but even then, they may not be naked emotionally. Yeah. yeah. I think it is very, very much harder to be naked emotionally than physically.
0: And I'm and I I'm always amazed on this, at this at how many people in long-term relationships I see a lot of couples um and how little of the other person they're aware of when they walk through the door because they Yeah, I did marriage.
1: Right, I did marriage therapy for years and then I moved into marriage mediation and then I moved into relationship coaching. And I finally got tired of all of it because as much as I would hope for people to be able to communicate truthfully and fix or improve their relationship, by the time they come for help, it's often too late. Not always, not always, if people would seek assistance earlier, but living with somebody else is tough. You know? Well,
0: I mean, and this is and this is probably one of the messages that I, I try to hit home in most everything I do, which is learn yourself and learn yourself soon. Don't wait to yes. start that journey. Learn yourself yes. and and yeah. and then work on it with partners. And I mean, I I have I probably still have a bit more optimism than you do in terms of um, couples work. It may be because of, because of the kind of people who are seeking me out now. <laughs> so uh-huh. that I, I I get quite a few people who come in and it is possible to do the work that needs to be done. Um, But there are quite a few people who come in and we're so far down the road, they actually come in to break up.
1: Yeah. yeah. They come in to leave the spouse with you. <laughs> right. Yeah, well, I've had but, that. Well, well, I, but I, yeah. But I am chronically optimistic. I, I just wish more people would understand that, you know, relationships are like a garden. They, they take work and you got to get rid of the big weeds that choke off the flowers and some little weeds can grow, but you got to fertilize it, take care of it, nurture it. I think Brene Brown's work nowadays yeah. about courageous vulnerability has yeah. been key. I mean, I wanted to write my book for 15 years. It was stuffed in a cubby hole and all these little notes. And finally she came out with kind of a, a meme that spread across society. And then you've got other things and nakedness in the workplace. Um, appropriately, not just at the Christmas party, about emotional sharing. Um, mm-hmm. And it all, boil, it all boils down to what you said. You said it differently, but it's love yourself first. Yeah. no, it's if you, if you, ever, you know, it, that's the bottom line. And if you don't know yourself, but here's the paradox. You're going to learn maybe not the most, but you're going to learn key components about yourself being in a relationship with somebody else. They become your teacher.
0: Well, yes. And so there's so there is a there's always a back and forth. There's that what you learn about yourself, what you learn within a relationship. If it if it ends and very few people end up staying in a relation, the first relationship they ever made. Um, right. Hopefully you take take from that and learn more about yourself. And and it's right. a back and forth and it's a process. And I think that's one of the things that um people often miss is that this is a process. It's an ongoing thing. It's not, I mean, you may not be doing it ongoing with me as a coach or with you as a coach, but you may be, it's ongoing in your life. It includes learning things about yourself in other venues, in other forums and being aware and working on yourself continuously.
1: Yep. I agree. So, so here's an interesting thing. I just came back from a family reunion with three generations of my family and, and stuff in Oregon and I've talking to my daughters and stuff And that. I said, you know, realize somebody asked me how long I've been married. I said, well, I've been married forty years, but it was twenty years to two different women. <laughs> <laughs> and and the, the mother of my children, it I you know I still I still um, I I still love her. I still I'm surprised that we got divorced. I'm surprised the way it happened. But, oh, my God, is my life different because she left us. Because my daughters wouldn't have the experience they have. They wouldn't be doing what they're doing. I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing. it's like, you know, I'm not saying it was the best thing that ever happened. But because it happened, I had all these other experiences.
0: Well, I mean, and for me, there is that thing, which is I've had some cracker experiences in my life that I would not necessarily want to repeat. I'm on my third husband. Right. And happily so you know but i've had i have learned from every experience i've had and the biggest one for me is people would say how did you get to england well if i hadn't married my first husband i never would have been here i've been here half my life <laughs> so whatever happened you know and 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 however that relationship was should not have been a marriage it should have been a friendship the fact is he got me here and because i came here i had opportunities to do things differently that I would not have had in the U.S. Right. and um, and and things flowed from there. So I do ha- kind of have that feeling that you know there are lessons and positives that you can get out of any experience, even the worst ones. And that was not the worst experience I ever had. Yeah, you, you know, you know no, what I'm saying. I and my life changed as a result and went on a different path that actually suits me much better.
1: Yeah, no, I agree. There's a phrase I use in my book, and I've talked about for decades, actually. Every experience is a good experience, dot, 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 eventually. Yeah. Which means that we may not have chosen. We don't choose to get cancer. We don't choose to have somebody die. We don't choose to get divorced. That's unchosen change. We might choose to switch jobs. We might choose to move to England. I might choose whatever. But eventually, even the bad ones, you have to accept the consequences of embrace it and learn from it. Even the worst, my wife lost her son at a young age, thirty. Um, oh, that's horrific. Uh, so, so eventually, you have to choose what's not chosen and embrace it. If couples and in sexuality can get beyond the momentary anger, frustration, deceit, whatever happens and get back to why are we together? <laughs> what are we learning from each other? What is it about us that we love and embrace the best and and bury, well, not bury, but work through the worst? I mean, after all, we're humans, you know? Love is a verb and a choice and not simply a rational choice, but yeah. a willingness to present ourselves to others fully and without pretense. That's when we're at our best.
0: Agree. So, where can they find the book and you and um, all your social media if they're looking for you?
1: Yeah, well, you know, the best place to go is drpatwilliams.com. So, www.drpatwilliams.com. And on there, there's a link to buy the book. There's a link to my blogs, the upper right of the webpage. There's all kinds of blogs I write. I'm also an expert author on your tango. Y-O-U-R-T-A-N-G-O dot com. Um, social media. Uh, Twitter is at Dr. Pat Coach, D-R Pat Coach. Uh, Facebook is, you know, www.facebook slash doccoach, D-O-C-C-O-A-C-H. Uh, and I think from there, they'll find me everywhere else. I'm on LinkedIn and lots of places. but
0: Brilliant. Uh, I need.
1: Think- uh, yeah. Thanks.
0: Everything is, it will be on the podcast notes. Um, I always love it when people actually say them out loud, because I know that some people don't look at podcasts. Yeah,
1: good, good. Well, and here's a gift for everybody. That This is not on the website, but if you want to find a little exercise, it's in my book, and everybody who listens to this. If you go to drpatwilliams.com forward slash winner, W-I-N-N-E-R, you will find a nice little exercise I call the personal treasure hunt. And you can download that PDF and work on that and learn a lot about yourself.
0: That sounds like fun. So I will make sure that that is also in the podcast notes. Thank you. And thank you for joining me. And thank all of you for joining me for Sex Spoken Here with Dr. Lori Beth Bisbee. Please write to me with suggestions for the show and any questions you want answered at drbisby at the-intimacy-coach.com. That's D-R-B-I-S-B-E-Y. Follow me on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, and check out my YouTube channel. Why not join me for my upcoming free webinar, Four Secrets for Arousing and Igniting Your Authentic Sexual Self? Click the link in the podcast notes to sign up or head to HTTPS colon backslash backslash the dash intimacy dash coach.com backslash the number four dash secrets backslash for and for a free 30-minute strategy session with me, go to the intimacycoach.com and click the button that says schedule now. Join me next week when we're going to start talking about sexless relationships. Thanks for listening. Thanks for tuning in. You were just listening to Sex Spoken Here with Dr. Lori Beth Bisbee. If you enjoyed the show, please leave a review here on iTunes or on Stitcher. And make sure you head over to www.the-intimacy-coach.com to subscribe for free newsletter updates to help you create and sustain an exciting, trouble-free sexual life. Stay tuned for upcoming weekly episodes on all topics, sexy, sensual, and intimate. Thanks for listening.